0: You're listening to RiverCast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Dan. Lord, thank you for fixing technology and all that other stuff, but Lord, (laughs) thank you mostly for letting us come and celebrate and worship together on a weekly basis, but especially today as we uh, take time to reflect on you and who you are in terms of Steve's life and just pray for him and we'll do that more later but uh, pray for everyone in the room father that we can hear from your word and grow from it as Sean referenced earlier we want to uh, encourage folks to grow and to um, just be more like Jesus every day so I hope that happens today and I pray that you would help us in that endeavor Jesus name Amen. All right, sorry to collect my thoughts here, I apologize. Um, So we're going to be continuing with our uh, Summer in the Psalm series. Uh, Today we'll be looking at Psalm 44, if you want to turn your Bibles to there, it'll be up on the screen for you too. We'll read through it, some pieces at a time. Um, Like for the rest of the series, our intention here is that we're hoping to encourage you guys. Uh, to interact with the Scripture and with each other. You know, we we usually throughout the year have our life groups going. We take a break in the summer because everybody's off and doing fun stuff and being in different places. It's hard to coordinate those things. But we're hoping that uh, this series will help you to touch base with somebody around you, whether it's a friend or family or something like that, as we read a couple of psalms a day throughout the course of the summer and uh, just try to hear from the Lord that way. Um, Today we're also here to uh, encourage Steve as he is ordained, as Sean said, to the gospel ministry. So we have something for everybody, something for us, something for him. And from what I hear, we also have a piece of cake at the end to top it all off, so we're in good shape today. This is good stuff. Let's jump in. So in Psalm 44, as I read through it, I noticed there were three pretty distinct sections and it's almost eight verses a piece and the math teacher in me was oh so excited until I saw that it didn't quite land that way. And there's 10 verses in the last section instead of 8 and how disappointed I was. But what are you going to do? right? God, God knew better than I did. But uh, anyway, so it's some pretty clear sections here that uh, just speak to, to me and hopefully to you guys. So let's take a look at the first eight verses. Those are the, that's the first section of, of topical kind of thinking. So I'll read that for you. Like I said, it'll be on the screen. Oh God, we have heard with our ears. And our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arms save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordained salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me but you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. So the idea I see here in that section is that God should always get the glory. Okay, For things that go well, really for everything, but for things that turn out well, the glory needs to go to God. And for all of us here, that's an idea that's easy to say. It's easy to have that attitude and to th- to think that way, but it's harder to do in our hearts for real. Okay, It's easy to look back on a successful situation and say, hey, look, that went well, look what I did, and who did that? This guy, right? That worked out well. That That's like a very natural, normal thing to do. But we really have to look out for that attitude, because here we can see from the writer of the psalm, that's not appropriate. We need to give him the glory, because it's not the things that we do that, Bring success it 's what god does let 's look at uh, verses two, three and four, just to see the the situation for past events that the the writer is reflecting on. you know you can see that by god 's hand he drove out the nations and planted the israelites they 're talking about there. Uh, you afflicted the peoples, I, I, and you set them free, I'm certainly looking at the Exodus time, right? And then by, not by their sword did they win the land, or their own arm did they save them, but your hand and your arm did that, so as they conquered the, the promised land, those things. So the writer here is looking back to the past of, of Israel and seeing what God did, and giving him the glory for it. Knowing they were involved, you know, the sword was there and all that, and, and the afflictions and the people had to get up and walk out, but God did that. And, uh, you know, we need to have that um, that idea in our hearts. And then in verses 5 through 8, we can see looking forward or looking now and forward, the, the psalm writer has in his heart to to lean on God, right? And trusts trust him for things. You see, uh, though we push down our foes, your name will tread people down. And my bow and my sword I don't trust in. You have saved us from our foes and put shame to them. Right, and God, we have both to continue. We give thanks to Your name forever. Right, very clear that that as things proceed and work out for us, we're to give Him glory, and that that needs to be on all of our hearts. Uh, particularly um, for Steve, I would say as you carry on serving the Lord, um, remember He gets the glory. Right, and and it's His work, His job, His do, His doing. We rely on Him and we serve in His name. Right, keep that in your heart as you go forward, and that that will be. Um, a, a, a big part of you serving God and, and being successful. Um, and again, just like for all of us, it needs to come from here, not from here, right? I, I want to note for everybody, too, in verse one, uh, it, I kind of skipped over that a little bit because it was just kind of a precursor, but it's an important one, right? I, parents in the room, it is vital that we share with our children what God has done. Not just the biblical events here, but what He's done in our own lives right and and they remembered it right it, we have heard and our fathers have told us what you did in the days of old it, it's an important piece to to share that with future generations because the world around them is not going to tell them right that that's an important thing so and and you don't have to be a parent to share that with people but particularly it's clear here that that was that's what happened so that that's the first section that i i think is a a good thing to grab onto god gets the glory right now let's read on to section the second section. It's verses nine through 16. I'll read that for you. Again, it'll be on the screen. But you have rejected us and disgraced us, and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter, and have scattered among us, scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long, my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. Whoa, that was a pretty quick 180-degree turn from God Gets the Glory, right? That's a little more challenging. Uh, I think from there, pretty clearly, not every day is going to be sunshine and roses in our lives, right? That's something that we all understand, I hope, right? Most people... Have a a reasonable understanding of not everything's gonna go their way. Some people may be a little bit more optimistic in life, you know, and and find the the glass half full kind of thing. Some people might be a little more pessimistic in life, right? And just find the darkness under every stone. But in all cases, we all do know that things go wrong. And in most cases, we all end up getting discouraged at some point because of that, right? As things just don't work out for us, we feel that weight. And I want, I want to look at the, the particular events here because these things don't necessarily line up with real events in our lives, right? We, we don't a lot of times feel scattered among the nations in the sheep-like slaughter. We, I, I don't know anybody that's been sold for a trifle or anything like that. But I, I think we can certainly take some of the th- these things and relate them to the struggles that we face. Okay, and verses 9 through 11, if you look through those, you you put those up on the screen for us, um, there, there's times where we'll lose some contest we're in or some battle we're having, you know, and uh, or we'll, we'll, we'll face failure and just have to quit. It just doesn't work out. Um, and we see other people coming out ahead of us, people that we feel like shouldn't be winning win, right, And, and whatever things we're doing. Um, that certainly is something we should all be able to relate to, I think. In verse 12, there we see the, the psalm writers feeling undervalued or taken for granted. We're not being treated like they feel like they deserve to be treated. And uh, you know I would imagine most of us have gone through those emotions at some point as well. Um, verse 13 through 16, you see the, them feeling like they're being made fun of, mocked, not taking seriously, being made to feel ashamed of ourselves for whatever reason. Now, it would be um, true, certainly, to take those ideas and say, because we're living our Christian faith, because we're following Jesus, these things happen to us. And they probably will. You know That, that is something that does happen. But it could just be because of stuff. It doesn't have to be related to your following Christ. People might, you know, I get made fun of all the time. My kids make fun of me all the time. You know, I got no hair, right? They let me know that. It's very clear. So whatever reason, there's all kinds of things that, you know, this can happen to us in our lives and, and just get you feeling down. Like, things aren't working out for me. This is brutal stuff. If you, if you really take a step back and look at this, this is, this is heartbreaking, right? So what we have to do is face the fact here that we live in a fallen and broken world. Right, that people are sinful and they're not nice to each other. Right, and there's 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 no other way to go about it, but that's the reality. Those of us who follow Jesus know that we know it from our own lives. We know how we feel towards people sometimes. Right, and certainly we expect it, and we expect people who don't know Jesus to do that. Right, that that's kind of how they're made. Um, and even though we know it, even though we expect it, it can still get at you. It can still make you feel down, and it, that's natural. It's not wrong to to have that. Um, so when we're prepared for it, when when we're not shocked by people's behavior, it can help. So I, I, what I'm seeing here in this section is that they faced all this stuff, and I want us to understand as a group that this stuff's going to happen to us, and if we expect it, we you, we can get away from that feeling of, you know, that, that shouldn't have happened because it shouldn't, right? God's plan was not for people to treat each other this way and, and this not to happen, but it does. So it, hopefully it'll help you to, you know, absorb and then go ahead and look forward to the rest of what's going on here so that we can you know, make, a, uh, make sense of this stuff and be able to work with it. Um, the story's not over, right? We're, we got more to talk about here. This, uh, if that was the end of the story, that'd be a bad day and I, I shouldn't be here talking to you, right? That's not good. Um, Steve, personally to you, as you minister to people, you're gonna see people treating each other like this, right? especially what you're gonna be doing for us here and in, in counseling folks like that, helping people see how the Bible applies to their lives and, and work through struggles. It's a fair bet people are going to treat you like that, right? And just walk in with your eyes open and know and not, not be discouraged when it happens because it's the way the world is. It's broken and fallen, and that's, that's what Jesus is here for, right? So um, let's see if we can find some, some sunshine here as we finish up the psalm. Let's read the last section, the 10 verses of the last section. All right, so verse 17, we'll start with that. All this has come upon us that we have not forgotten you. And we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of our heart, of the heart. Yet for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake. Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust and our belly clings to the ground. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. I thought this was going to get better. It doesn't sound a whole lot better, right? Um, so what I want us to get out of this, and I promise there is an up, upward trend at the end. We'll We'll get some good stuff out of this before we're done here. But what I want us to see here is that Bad things that happen, bad results are not always our fault, right? And that, that's a, an issue that we all need to think through, and everybody needs to hear this, because many people take this to a place where they feel guilt and shame they shouldn't, and I want to help you get out of that. Okay? Our human nature and the society we live in, I don't care what the culture is. Any culture you go to, it's just built into us to be so deeply transactional that we struggle with the biblical truth that everything's not our fault. Okay what I mean by that about being transactional is we naturally naturally function in a in a severe case of cause and effect if I do this then that happens right if I'm nice to you you're nice to me if you're mean to you I get if I mean to you you get to be mean to me right it's it's okay then right that's how that works right we always a give and take and what the problem is we run into is it turns into this false idea if I do the right thing god will always bless me and if I do the wrong thing, God will always get me. That's not true, not universally. Um, it it does happen. By all means, it does happen. But it's not something that we, um, if we live that way, we're missing God's grace, and we're missing the reality of how things actually work, to our detriment, truly. It, it's it's a problem. Um, and this psalm is showing us that it actually is not the case. If you look at the the things they're saying, they were doing the right things. They hadn't abandoned God and this stuff still happened. So we have to think about this in terms of a bigger picture, not just the, the few verses here. How does this apply to all of, of Christian life and following Jesus? When things don't work out the way they should, and that can be major catastrophic things that fail in our lives, or just my car didn't start this morning or whatever, whatever in between kind of things that, that we feel those burdens from. Um, we do need to consider if we're the problem here. Absolutely. I'm not trying to tell anybody to, you, you have no responsibility, it's okay. You do need to think that through. The Bible's very clear. It encourages us to test ourselves, to see if we're in the faith. Are you Are you still connected to Jesus, right? Are you doing the right things here? Um, you know, is your heart and mind right? Another psalm that I think it comes later, it's in the 60s, uh, tells us that our sin, sins will separate us from our God, and that he will not regard our prayers if we regard iniquity in our heart, right? He's, he's not going to you know, he's not going to relate to us in the same way if we're, if we're messing up. It's true, okay? That, that's actually very, very true. Um, so, yeah, it could be you. But it may not, right? And we have to have that understanding. We have to have some freedom from guilt and from feeling like we're responsible for everything because we're not, right? In fact, it, it occurred to me as I, was, as I was thinking this through, blaming ourselves for everything is pretty much on par with taking credit for everything, right? It's, it's putting us in the middle of it. And there's a simple fact that's very biblical that will help you avoid that. It's not about you. <laughs> it's that simple. It's not about you. It's about God, right? And, and if we put ourselves in the center of everything, we get in a place that's not right. So you can be in the center of everything and thinking you're, you're great and glorious and everything's, you know, because of you, because it worked out. And those folks are probably going to tend to get in the same place of, this is all about me when I fail, right? So um, you want to make sure that you don't, don't get down that road. It's not, it's not about you, it's about God. If we look at these verses here, let, put those back up on the screen for me, if you would, even just verses, uh, actually put verses um, 9 to 16 up is what I'm looking for, the middle section, verses 9 to 16. If you look at all those, you have done this, you have done this. They're talking to God. God did all those things right? That was God doing it. It wasn't like it was a mistake. It was on purpose. And then when you get to this last section, you see the psalm writer saying, hey, we didn't follow foreign gods. We kept our covenant, right? And we, we were righteous. Um, and that, that for most of us causes a cognitive dissonance. This can't be right. I'm doing the right thing. Why isn't God blessing me, right? That, that, that's the issue you run into. And, and here's the thing. This is the big hurdle. This is the big one. We have to let go we have to let go of needing a reason to understand everything for why it works that that that's just not going to happen guys right we're not god we can't connect all the dots all the time and he's not obliged to tell us all those things either right it, it's not not his um there's no requirement on him we we can't demand from him you know agreement before we'll cooperate with him that's completely backwards so and that that's I, again, it's built into us to want to do that. So, you know, I'm the same, I do the same thing. I'm talking to Me Too here, just so you know, right? We have to let that go, and I don't do it well all the time either. I mean, listen, you try to keep track of stuff. I, 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 for those of you who don't know, I have 12 children, okay? My wife and I keeping track of 12 kids, I assure you that is plenty to keep track of. Look around the room, there's probably hundred people in the room or so, right? There's seven billion plus in the world. Who knows how many billions have lived? You want to try to keep track of all that stuff? Because that's what you're asking if you want to understand everything. You want to know everything that's ever happened about everything, why this and that and the other thing? You don't want that, you really don't. You don't want that responsibility and you don't want, you don't want to try to figure that out, okay? So if you'll, if you'll step past that, that, that if this happens and that happened thing, it doesn't work so much anymore because we don't know all the details, right? We don't know all the, all the whys and wherefores and everything that might have happened to bring us to this point and we don't need to, and it's a glorious freedom to let that go, because you can trust the loving God that does love us, and does take care of us, and can do whatever he needs to do, right? When you put yourself in the position of needing to know all of these things, why this happened to me, you're demanding an answer from God, and that's probably not the best way to go. It's not a healthy place to be, and you can have a lot more peace of mind if you'll let him do his thing, right? So if things are not where we hope them to be for all of us, right? We definitely, absolutely need to look in the mirror and see if it's you. And, and as a teacher, I will tell you there are plenty of people who don't do that. The dog ate my homework, right? New one, right, in this, this digital world. There's a new dog ate my homework. My wi is not working. That's, that's what we got this year. Yeah, my wi is not working. Okay, that, one, of, one of my fellow teachers said, hey, that's the digital dog ate my homework. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... Exactly what that is. Okay, so we we live in a world where people make excuses and point fingers, it's not me, it's somebody else all the time. That is not healthy either, right? You're looking yourself, see if you're right. Okay. After that, if you've cleared up whatever's between you and God and things aren't still good, what we don't need to do is we don't need to be like Job's friends or his wife, right? If you're familiar with that story, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, I'll give you a short synopsis. Job was a righteous man. God was proud of him for being a righteous man, the devil wanted to get him. The devil said to God, hey, I'll take care of him, he'll curse you before I'm done. God said, go ahead, let's see. And boy, he brought it, the devil brought his game on that one, right? It ruined his business, killed his kids, made him really, really nasty sick, okay? It was all the bad stuff that we all think about and don't wanna think of, right, that stuff. In the middle of it, he didn't curse God. He He hung strong for a while, right? And as he's sitting there, here come his friends. Hey, what'd you do wrong? If you're like this, God, you must have done something wrong for God to do this to you. That very idea I was telling you is a bad idea, right? His wife, oh my goodness, his wife. Why don't you curse God and die? That's what his wife said to him. That's not the help me I'm looking for, right? Tough stuff, right? That's not what we should be doing to each other, Okay. We, we need to be encouraging and building each other up. So that's the message for us, as we um, struggle with life. Look in the mirror, see if it's you, absolutely. And if it's not, God's doing something, and trust him. And don't look for ways to bring yourself down, and absolutely don't be looking for ways to bring other people down because of that. Steve, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> that, that's pretty much how that works in oh, ministry, yeah. too. Um, I will say to the church and to me, and really this is for all of us, like I just said, when people are struggling, Don't be Job's friends or his wife. Encourage them. Build them up. That's what the church is here for. So when Steve struggles in his ministry, because he will. When I'm struggling, when Sean's struggling, when the guy or girl sitting next to you is struggling, be an encouragement. Lift them up. Okay? So I do have to get us to a good place, right? The last verse is actually the highlight of all of this. Put the last verse up there for us again. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. He did that. Right? Somebody rose up. Jesus rose up from the dead. And he redeemed us from our sins. Right? That's the that's the good news here. The the psalm writer was looking forward to saying, Hey, will you do this for us? We can look back and say, Yeah, he did. Right? All the struggles we face, all, all that stuff we just went through. Every day is not sunshine and roses, things feel bad, it's our fault. Fo- no, let it go. Jesus rose up. From the dead, he paid our price. He faced the trial of the cross for us, paid for our sins, and is alive again and willing to work with us and help us get through this stuff, right? that That's the thats the good news here. It was his steadfast love. Redeem, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. That was a tongue twister. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Jesus loved us so much that he would do that, right? And that is the good news here. When things go wrong, you've got that on your side. So those of you who know Jesus, praise him for that fact, right? For those of you who have never thought that through, who haven't actually taken the time to to assess the realities of his death and resurrection and how it personally can change your life, there's no better time than the present, right? Consider that. Um, It's one of the most, if not the most important thing that's ever happened in history and in your life. It is the most important thing. It absolutely is, okay? So consider that, and if that's something that interests you, by all means, any of the pastors here, Sean, Steve, myself, most of the members here will be happy to talk to you about that, okay? Anybody that you've been in a Bible study with will be happy to talk to you about that. So I'm going to close this up now with a prayer. Sean's going to come up, and we're going to continue on with the uh, rest of the service. But. Wherever you're at with Jesus, take that next step in your faith. If you love him, if you know him, get closer to him. If you don't know him yet, think about that. Okay, let's pray. Lord, as we hear from your word today, I just pray that you would encourage folks and help them to see uh, how much you do love them. And Lord, I pray that anyone who has uh, uh, a struggle that we've talked about today, something in their life that is weighing them down, that they would turn it over to you and be freed from that and be able to lean on you and know that you're, uh, you're raising from the dead and alive again, paying for our sins. All of those things make us right with you, and we can know a future that is a lot of sunshine and roses, and we can follow you in that. Lord, I just ask as we continue with the service and uh, ordaining Steve to your ministry that you would just bless that time and that everyone else will be blessed with it as well. In Jesus' name, amen.